Did you guys know that God is moving like crazy in our students' life? I mean, this is awesome. We just came off a passion, right, with our college students, our seniors in high school, and our college students had an amazing trip. God worked so much, and now we have winter camp, which is a ski trip for our middle school and our high school students. Last year, we took 47. This year, we're taking over 80. It's incredible. And yes, it's fun. It's a good time. They're skiing, they're snowboarding, but God speaks every single winter camp. God speaks to our students. And so we love that. Listen, if you're a parent and you have a middle schooler, you have a high schooler and you don't know, I'm taking time out of this message to tell you. So now you know, you need to get your students plugged in to Y-T-H. It is on fire. God is working. I'm telling you, ground them from something else if they mess up, but don't ground them from Y-T-H. I'm telling you, incredible. Well, talking about youth, that's a perfect segue to the message today. The theme right? The theme that we've been talking about is prayer. And last week, we talked about a couple people. We talked about a lady named Hannah who could not have children. She begged God. She pleaded with God. And there was a priest that was there. There, there was a man of God, the, a preacher who lived really like in the temple, in the tabernacle, And as she's praying and she's fasting, just like you guys have been doing. And by the way, today is day 21 of our fast. I mean, can we just clap right now? Can we clap ahead of time for not only what God's done, but for all that God is going to do? I mean, God is going to bless you. You've prayed and you've fasted. I want to say, well done. Great job. Hannah's crying. She's praying. She's pleading. And it's not pretty. And Eli thinks that she's drunk. And so he gets on to her and she says, no, 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 I'm not drunk. I haven't had anything to drink. I'm actually fasting and I'm praying. I'm begging God for a boy. And speaking of young people, Hannah, who could not get pregnant, who year after year going to the temple, it was traumatic. It caused trauma because she was made fun of because she couldn't give birth. Now, all of a sudden, God hears her prayer and God answers her prayer. Aren't you thankful, church? Aren't you thankful, Momentum, that we have a God who hears our prayer? Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer you. God literally says, if you call, he's gonna answer. God's gonna pick up. He's gonna hear your prayer and he's not just gonna listen to it. He's gonna answer it according to his will according to his will. And that's why we pray, not my will, right? That's why Jesus prayed, not my will, but your will be done because God knows better. But what I love is when God's will intersects our desires. And when we go to God and we pray and he gives us the desires of our heart and Hannah is given a boy and she names the boy Samuel and she brings Samuel back to this preacher for him to mentor him, for him to train him, for him to raise up and equip Samuel to be a man of God like Eli. But we have one problem. As we're gonna see today, Eli had everything on the outside looking right, 
but his private life wasn't what it should have been. That's the difference between reputation and character. Reputation is what other people, they look at and they, they think of you about this. Maybe they know you from afar. Maybe they're like, oh, I know that person because of Instagram. I know that person because of TikTok. I've watched a lot of videos. I know that person because of Facebook. And you feel connected to them and you know maybe the story that they want you to know, maybe you, that you know what they want you to think about them. That's, that's external, but internal is character. Internal is integrity. And though Eli looked like he had it all together, on the inside, he didn't. He was missing these private disciplines. He was missing this walk with God that would keep him close to God. You can be in church for a long time. You can serve in church for a long time. You can, you, you can be a team leader for a long time. You can lead a group for a long time and still not be close to God. And that was the case. We're going to pick up. I was going to tell you the story because I'm a storyteller, but I can't tell it better than the Bible. I want to read 1 Samuel chapter 3. Let's jump in together. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Here we go. Verse 1. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Who's Eli? He's the man of God. Who's Eli? He's the preacher. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. Why? Because we just came out of 200 years of judges and now we're stepping into to a priest and a prophet. All right? And so that's why in those days, that's why it says that. By the way, Samuel served Eli. Samuel served the man of God, whenever you serve a man of God or a woman of God, whenever you serve, serve God's vision, what God is wanting to happen, you know what happens? You're not only serving that person, you're serving God. You're serving God. And I love this. All right. So verse two, one night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, he had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. What does that mean? Well, you had the golden lampstand, which was placed in the Holy of Holies. And it would be lit with olive, olive oil would be poured into it to burn, right? The wick. And then you would light it at like midnight and it, it would go from like evening until sunrise. And so what this is saying is it's still burning, which means it's still dark. It's still early. The sun had not popped up yet. Sun hadn't come out. And so, well, this is happening. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle. All right, let me paraphrase this for you. It's nighttime. Maybe it's like early, early in the morning. The lamp is still burning and Samuel is sleeping. Watch this, near the ark of God. That's key. We'll come back to that. He's sleeping near the ark of God. Remember the ark of God represented the presence of of God. It represented the power of God. There were angels on either side, cherubims, the Bible says. Um, incredible. So the power and the presence of God and Samuel is near that. Now, here's why this is interesting. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes. I mean, can you imagine that in the middle of the night? Can you imagine that? In the middle of the night, someone calls out your name 
and it's dark and you hear that and you're like, oh my goodness, right? Maybe he woke up, maybe he was alarmed, but he says, yes. Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. Notice he didn't take his time. Notice, notice he didn't, you know, um, hop on his phone for a while. Notice that like immediately there was urgency because he thought the person that he was serving God with needed him. So what does he do? He, what, what does he do? He hustles, he hustles. I think there's something there. He gets up and he runs to Eli. Here I am. I love that. Here I am. Did you call me? Notice the honor. Notice the respect. I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again. Samuel. Again. Samuel got up and he went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Verse seven, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. Let me break that down real quick. He had never yet experienced God. Now, when it says he's a boy here, this is the same Hebrew word for boy that it gives us when it talks about David was a boy. So probably don't think four or five, because that's if you grew up in church, you're probably thinking four or five, six years old. This is more like 12 years old to early teen years. Remember, Hannah brings him back to the temple. Remember that? And so here he is, and he hears this, and he runs to Eli. Nope, go back to bed. But he, he, he didn't know the Lord yet. He'd never had a message. He'd never heard God's voice before. He'd never had an encounter with God. He never experienced God. He'd watched it at home. He'd watched it for other people. But there's a difference between being close to people who experience the presence of God, hear the voice of God, know the voice of God, obey the voice of God, and just be in there. But that's how you get started, right? A fire has to get lit, Right? at first, before it's like fully inflamed. Now watch this. I love this. And so, so the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and he went to Eli. And this time he probably like, probably wasn't like, here I am. <laughs> this time he's probably like, here I am. <laughs> Did you call me? Like you messing with me? Like you tripping? Like what's going on? You playing a joke? Like this on, you know, you're recording this. Like, come on, Eli, what's, what's going on here? Watch this. Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. Little commentary here. I think that is an indicator that Eli was not close to the Lord because Eli didn't recognize the first time or the second time it was God. He knew it wasn't him. He knew it was just them there in the tabernacle, right off the bat, having a close walk with the Lord. You know the Lord's voice. Interestingly enough, it took three times for the man of God to realize what was happening. To me, that tells me his discernment was down. To me, that tells me that maybe his walk with the Lord had grown cold. How do I know it? Keep reading. Watch this. He realized it was the Lord calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant 
is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before. Now remember, remember Samuel is sleeping near the power and the presence of God. And so God will speak to you. When you get in the presence of God, chances go way up that the Lord is going to speak to you. We'll talk about this later. But this time, look what Samuel says. God calls out Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replies, speak, your servant is listening. And that word listening doesn't mean like, okay, go ahead, I'm hearing you. What that actually means in the original language, it literally means speak for your servant, your servant is listening and ready to, someone say obey, obey. Isn't that good? Oh, that's his heart. His heart's in the right place. His heart's in the right place. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. And here's where the story gets crazy. I mean, if this is a movie we're watching, we're already kind of on the edge of our seat. We're already watching this. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I, I watched the Hunger Games. I don't know how I missed that, but uh, it's one of my kids' uh, favorite movies. And so I'm like, let's watch that. So I watched that had me on the edge of the seat, the first one, and then you keep watching and it just keeps drawing you in. Watch what, watch what happens here. Not only is God gonna speak, God is gonna entrust Samuel with some really important, heavy information. God's trusting him. The first time he speaks to him, God is trusting him. Look what happens. The Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I am going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever. Why? Watch, watch, watch. Because his sons are blaspheming God. Eli's a priest and his sons were priests and his sons were taking God's name in vain, not just like dropping, you know, a cuss word after God's name. They, they, they were completely in the wrong. They were leveraging God for their gain. And it's crazy. They, they were enticing women to come in for worship and then they would sleep with them in the church building, in the tabernacle. And this wasn't just a one-time thing. And so God who is slow to anger, God who is good, God who is gracious, God who is slow to anger and he is long-suffering. God had had enough. Have you ever had that? You ever had that moment where you told your kid, I'm like right up to here? Maybe you're on vacation, you're traveling in the car and it's loud, loud, loud. You ask them to quiet down, it's loud, loud, loud. Or they're arguing, you're, they're fighting. Get off me, scoot over. And this is all going on. And it's like World War III in your car and you finally raise your voice or mo maybe you do what mama used to do. I'll whip that car over, turn around, raise that voice and say, I've had it up to here, I'm telling you. This is your last warning. Well, guess what? Eli didn't get another warning. God's warned him enough and God's had it up to here. And now, now judgment is going to fall on Eli and on his family. 
Watch this. He says, I'll carry out all my threats from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming on his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. Parents, listen to me. Proverbs teaches us if you love your kids, discipline them, correct them. Correct them. Well, I just don't want to, I just don't want to, I just, you know, I want to be the fun parent. And you know what? You'll, it's not going to go well. It's not going to be good. You have to discipline. Some of us found ourselves where we are because our parents tried to play nice. Our parents tried to be our BFF instead of being our parent, right? They wanted to be liked instead of respected. And I'm telling you, if you have kids, if you wait till they're 16, if they're disrespectful when they're three and you think it's funny and you laugh, and then they're disrespectful when they're five and you kind of laugh, but you know, oh, it's probably about that age. We ought to kind of correct her, ought to kind of correct him. Guess what? You keep on waiting, you keep on hesitating, it's gonna be too late. And when they turn 16, when they turn 18, you're a, you're a joke to them. And Eli... Looked like from the outside he had it all together, but his home life was crumbling. He wasn't even leading his family, which is one of the qualities and prerequisites to be a man of God. And this is crazy. Watch what happens. They're blaspheming God and Eli hasn't disciplined them. So I vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. Samuel stayed in bed until morning, then got up, opened the doors to the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him, but Eli called out to him, Samuel, my son, here I am. Samuel replied, what did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything. And may, now watch this, listen, listen to what he says. And may God strike you and even kill you if you hide anything from me. Anger issues, check. Insecurity, check. So Samuel told Eli everything. He didn't hold anything back. It is the Lord's will, Eli replied. Let him do let God do what he thinks is best. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him. I love that. And everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. And that's important because if you claim to be a prophet and you said stuff, hey, God is saying this, and come to find out God hadn't said that, everyone knew you weren't a man of God. You weren't a woman of God. You weren't a real true prophet. You're a faker. So that's a great phrase there. Everything he said proved to be reliable. And all Israel from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. How did they know that? Because the Lord was with him. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and gave messages to Samuel there at the tabernacle. And Samuel's words went out to all the people of Israel. I want to give you four points as I was reading this. Number one, get positioned, get positioned to hear the voice of God. If you've never heard the voice of God, hey, Samuel hadn't either. 
So get positioned to hear the voice of God. That's verses one and two. He's near the presence of God. He's near, he's not only sleeping in the tabernacle, but he's right next to the ark of God. That's why it's so important that you make church a priority because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God chose the foolishness of preaching to change you and I, to make you and I more like him. That's why it's also important that, that if you are um, here at the church that you don't just serve, but you sit so you can receive what the Lord has for you. We all, I listen to preaching. I listen to, I have pastor friends. I listen to them. I have some favorite preachers. I listen to them. I'm a preacher. I need preaching too. I need God to speak to my heart too. God speaks to me when I study. God speaks to me in my quiet time. God speaks to me in my devos, but God speaks to me through other men and women of God. This is why not only coming to church should be a priority, being a part of a community group should be a priority because when you get around other people that have heard the voice of God, that know what the voice of God sounds like, then you position yourself to hear the voice of God, number one. Number two, so I say get positioned to hear the voice of God. Get in a community group. Come to church. Don't just, hey, man, if, do I feel like it? I don't know. It's raining outside. Man, I need to wash the boat. You know, I need to do this. I need to do that. Coming to church is on the top of God's priority list because that's his family, and he wants us to come together. He wants us all to come together, to worship together, right? He wants us to fellowship together. Iron sharpens iron, so we need each other. So number one, get positioned to hear the voice of God. But number two, get around others who recognize the voice of God. And that's verse eight and nine. And I already told you, it took Eli the third time to realize, wait a second, I'm not doing it. This must be God. That's why it's important that's why it's so important that you and I stay close to God because we have people relying on us to speak God's word, to speak God's truth into their life. Get around others who recognize the voice of God. When you serve on a serve team, it's amazing. When you get in community group and you around other people and you hear how God's working in their life and how God's speaking to them, maybe what God's done in the past, that is what it's about. Get positioned and then get around the people. Number three, get quiet so you can listen for the voice of God. Get quiet so you can listen for the voice of God. God doesn't scream. Why? Because he doesn't have to. Because God's closer than you think. He's actually close enough to whisper. You remember Elijah in that story, right? You remember that? Um, and, and, and God comes by, and it was in a whisper that God spoke. It's in a whisper. Sometimes in the early morning before the, your day gets started, when your mind is still quieted, some of the greatest opportunities to hear the voice of God I don't hear the voice of God every day, but I've heard the voice of God and I know the voice of God and God has spoken to me often in the night and I've had a pad and paper or my phone by my bedside 
and I write down what God said. God's given me message titles. God's given me messages. God's woke me up, said, pray for this person. And God has spoke so many times when it's quiet. God, 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 God shouldn't compete with everything going on, with all the distractions. I think oftentimes God waits until we get quiet. Now, this is how it is in my house. It's probably like this in your house. We're busy. We multitask. So we can be in another room and try to have a conversation. Does that ever happen? You're, you're in the closet. Your spouse is over here washing dishes. You're three rooms apart and you're trying to have a conversation and you're raising your voice. God didn't do that. God waits until face-to-face. God waits until we get quiet, until be still and know that I am God. So that's number three, get quiet so you can listen for the voice of God and then get ready to hear and respond to the voice of God. I love how he said, here I am, speak for your servant is listening and translated, your servant is hearing and ready to act, hearing and ready to obey. So get ready to hear and then respond. How do we respond as Christians? Obedience. Obedience is is the very best way. Obedience. To say, God, I'm going to obey. I'm going to obey you. Listen, God not only wants you and I to pray crazy big prayers, but God wants to speak to you. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Get quiet before the Lord. If reading the Bible hasn't been a part of your life and you don't know where to start, download YouVersion. It's a free app. Download it on your phone. It's free. You can download it. You can have the Bible right there. You can have devotions. You can say, man, I'm struggling with. Type in whatever it is. And videos come up and all kinds of devos. What's a devotional? What's a devo? It's simply a plan. It's a strategy, right, for you to spend that time with God. Because some of us, we're like, I don't know where to read. Okay, God, speak to me. Oh, it's the maps. Oh, God, speak to me. Oh. It's uh, the front of the Bible. Oh, God, speak to me. And we don't know what we're doing. And so get into you version. You version will help you get into God's word. And then start out in the morning. Take five minutes. Before you speak to God, take five minutes and just be still before God. And just say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening and ready to obey. What if our church prayed that prayer. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Pensacola? What would happen? Can you imagine Gulf Breeze? What would happen? Can you imagine Navarre? What would happen? Can you imagine online? What would happen? Can you imagine Blackwater? What would happen if men of God in the prison began to start their mornings with speak, Lord, your servant is listening and ready to obey. You know what would happen? God will speak and his voice would pour down like rain and we would act in obedience and this world would be forever changed because of it. I encourage you to do that. I'll close with this real quick. I love how he says, here I am. 
because God revealed himself to Moses as I am that I am. Jesus revealed himself as the true son of God by saying, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, I am the door, I am the true vine, I am the good shepherd. So congruent from the Old Testament to the New Testament, God is revealing himself as the great I am. And Samuel is saying, here, full surrender. Here, not only like here I am, but here I am. Tonight, night of worship, it's going to be so powerful because we're going to show up and God is going to show out because we are going to say, here, speak to me. Change me. Make me more like you. Here, here. Not only here, here I am, God. Um, here I am, but, but more, more importantly, most importantly, here. And then we realize the presence of God. I am. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down, and here I am. I'm gonna say that you're my God. Let's pray. It's bowed and eyes closed. How many Christians would say today, how many Christians would say, Pastor Tim, I've been going through the motions. Maybe I've been swerving. Maybe I've been dodging really hadn't been a part of community group. I'm afraid, I'm scared. I'm a dude, I shouldn't feel that way, but man, just guys getting around, I just, I don't know nothing about the Bible. And I just feel like, man, I'm gonna be embarrassed. I'm gonna feel weak. I'm, I'm gonna look ignorant because I don't know anything. And you've allowed that to keep you from God speaking to you for so long. Maybe that's you. Or maybe you're here and you're like Eli and the truth is, um, you represent God because of your position. You represent God. People know you're a Christian, but you're not close to him. And, and, and to be honest, it's been a minute since you've heard his voice. It's been so long you don't even recognize it. Maybe you're like Samuel and you've never encountered the voice of God before. You've never experienced God speaking to you. And right now, you, you feel like your heart's picked up a little bit. Right now, maybe your hands are a little bit cold and you feel like, Pastor Tim, how did you know? Pastor Tim, who told you? Pastor Tim, what are you doing reading my mail? No, 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 let me tell you something. It's not Tim, it's God. That's the Holy Spirit. And he's speaking to you. That is God speaking to you right now. How many of you want to say as a Christian, you not only say, here I am, but what you're really saying when you say, here, this is me. I am, that's you, so here I am. I surrender to your will. I'm here. And what you're saying is I'm listening. Your servant is listening and I'm ready to obey. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand all over, all over. You're watching online, let us know in the chat. That's me, God's speaking to me. You're talking to me right now. <laughs> How'd you know? 
Blackwater, that's you. Raise your hand up. Hold it up. Don't be afraid. Don't be, don't be looking around. And that's between you and God. Hold it up right now. From the front to the back at every campus. Hold it up. God's, you're a Christian. People know you're a Christian. You love God, but you've kind of been coasting. Kind of been coasting. You need to come back to the heart of worship. You need to come back. You need to resurrender. Represent yourself to God. If that's you, hold it up. God, help my friends, I pray. Help them, Jesus. Help them. God, I pray that there'd be less of us and more of you. And I pray all of our hearts would be willing to say, here I am. Here's your servant, God. Speak, and I'm ready to obey. In Jesus' name. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, we never like to end a gathering without giving you an opportunity to receive the love and forgiveness of Almighty God. Let me explain how this happens because it's not something you can earn. It's not something you were born with. It's not something you were born into. It's not something that you're gifted with because you're a part of this denomination or you were this or you were that. And you were very religious. And maybe maybe, maybe you're very spiritual and, and, and you're here and you're like, man, I, let me tell you something. Maybe you're an atheist. Maybe you're agnostic. And you're like, man, I haven't believed in God, but I'm starting. I mean, you know, we've had a kid and he's asking about God and it's really kind of shaking me up a little bit because I'm like, I don't believe in God, but something's going on that I, I don't know. I can't explain it. Let me, let me explain this to you. Here's the gospel. Here's the gospel in 60 seconds. Well, you and I are sinners. Well, you and I were sinners. Well, you and I were out doing whatever we wanted to. Christ died for us. Why am I wearing camo? Well, because I came in from hunting. Got an eight point today. And I'm not saying that bragging on me, bragging on the Lord, because I missed the first time. <laughs> and I prayed, God, bring it back out. I'm not missing the second time. But you know, that's what sin is. Sin's missing the mark. I shot at the deer. He was halfway in the woods, halfway out. I shot, thought I had a good shot. I missed him. Sin is when you and I have missed the mark. God said, don't, and we did. God said, do, and we didn't. We missed the mark. And because of our sin, there's a punishment, and it's death, physical death, but then there's a second death, spiritual death. Scripture tells us that the soul that sins will die. That's physically, everyone dies. But did you know there's a spiritual death? And that's why you need Jesus. Enters Jesus. Jesus enters the scene and he takes all of our sin, places it upon him, dies on the cross, sheds his blood, never sinned, the perfect lamb of God. And his blood is the only thing pure enough only thing strong enough to forgive us of our sins. He sheds that blood, he dies on that cross. And one of the last things he says is it is finished. That meant that our sins were paid for. And scripture says, if you will call on the name of Jesus, you'll be rescued. If you'll call on the name of Jesus, you'll be saved. If you call on the name of Jesus, you'll be forgiven of your sins. Your sins are great. And if you die with them, you'll spend eternity paying for them in a real place that was only made for the devil. And then our sins demanded that we go there, hell. And Jesus says, not on my watch. God says, I will bankrupt heaven. I'll give my only son to become the ultimate sacrifice and he'll trade places with you. Jesus absorbed the wrath 
of God so you and I could embrace the love and forgiveness of God. That's how good he is. And today, he's wanting you to call on him. So let's do it right now. Scripture says that whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It says, if you will confess that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe he not only died, but he rose again, you will be made brand new. So let's pray. We're gonna pray it out loud, everyone together, so that no one prays alone. Would you repeat after me? You're not gonna pray this to me. I'm just a preacher sitting here in camo. You're gonna pray this to God and heaven's listening and God Almighty is leaning in to your prayer. So let's pray. Would you say, Jesus, I am a sinner. My sins are many and I'm guilty. I need a savior. Today, I receive your love and all that goes with it. Thank you for loving me, bleeding and dying for me. I believe you rose again on the third day. I now declare that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. I receive your life. Now teach me how to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, look up here, look up here. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Listen, what just happened is so big, angels are parting in heaven. They are partaying in heaven. And we wanna celebrate with you. I wanna ask you to do me a favor. I wanna ask you to have a couple seconds of courage. I feel afraid. I'm gonna be embarrassed. I, I'm very timid. I'm shy. I'm an introvert. I don't want people to see me. I get it. I get it. I get it. But watch this. Jesus says, if you're not ashamed of him, he won't be ashamed of you. Would you raise your hand on the count of three? We're gonna clap at every campus. We're gonna clap. We're gonna clap. And then our host are gonna give you some resources to help you. They're gonna give you a Bible. They're gonna give you some other resources that will help you, right? In your brand new faith journey. On the count of three, hold it up high, don't be shy. Here we go, ready? One, let's go. Two hands already in the air, let's go. Three, hold it up, let's go, let's go. Come on, hold it up. Let's go, Pensacola. Let's go, come on, Navarre. Woo, let's go, golf freeze. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go online. You got that number. Text Jesus in the chat. Blackwater, let's go. Hold it up. Hold, we're still clapping, church. Let's go. Hold it up. Come on. Let us know, Blackwater. Let us know. That is phenomenal. That's the best thing that you can ever do. But listen, that is not the end, my friend. That is the beginning. That is the beginning. I'm so proud of you. Hey, go tell somebody. Go tell someone. You find people in the lobby. This, maybe you see a tent outside at your campus. Tell them, Jesus made me new. I love you guys, and I cannot wait to see you tonight. Pensacola Little Theater. It is going to be absolutely amazing night of worship. We are going to come, and we're all going to be like, here I am, and we're here to worship you. I love y'all. We'll see you tonight.